Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Chloe and my prayer is that God will speak through me and directly to you over whatever it may be that you're facing in this moment. I hope this will connect with you on a spiritual, personal level that you will experience God and His presence in our time together. I upload an episode every week on Wednesdays, so to stay up to date, follow my Instagram at legitchloe, C-H-L-O-E-E, or you can find my handle in the description box below. Also, make sure you follow my podcast on whichever platform you're listening on so you can be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. Today, we're entering episode two of this podcast series. Spoiler alert, the answer is yes, and we're going to be talking about Noah. But not the part of his story that everyone else typically talks about. We're going to talk about the very beginning, the part where God gives this man, Noah, instruction, very detailed instruction. And all Noah had to do was give him his answer. So grab your Bible, get your coffee, get your tea, whatever you need, sit down, and let's dive into the Word together. But before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for blessing us with um, the ability to dive deep into your Word together, Father, through through technology, Lord God. Father, I pray that you prepare the listener's heart and ears for what you have to say to them. Father, I pray that you prepare them for the next direction, the next instruction that you have for them. Whatever it may be, their next steps in life, job opportunity, whatever it may look like, Father, I pray that you prepare them through this episode, through what you have placed on my heart to speak, Father, that you will just prepare them for the direction and the instruction you have. Lord God, I thank you for your promise in your word where you say, that where two or more are gathered, you will be there also. So Father, I thank you for being with us. I thank you for blessing us with your presence. Father God, I pray that you would just bless us in this time. Lord God, use me as your tool, use me as your voice, for that these words won't be mine, but they will be yours. Bless our time together in Jesus' name, amen. Today's scripture is found in Genesis chapter six, and we're going to start reading verses one through eight. I'm gonna start reading. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of Ode, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and saw that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Let's stop there for a second. Verse six tells us that God regretted creating humankind. And I don't know about you, but I felt like crap reading that. He created us in his likeness. We're told that at the beginning of Genesis that he looked at the Holy Spirit and Jesus and he was like, dudes, let's make them in our likeness. Let's make them resemble who we are and our love and our kindness and our creativity. But this tells us that looking at us, 
looking at the fall of man, the sin, he regretted his creation to the point where he was planning on completely destroying everything he made. That's how ugly we were to him. He wanted us gone. It's interesting, though, to look at the beginning of God putting his plan in motion to save us. Jesus was and is the ultimate plan for all humankind, but God knew he wanted to wipe the earth clean and, so to speak, start over. You see, God had a solution to a problem. He knew what he was going to do. He wasn't not going to do it. But being as awesome as he is, he saw a man named Noah who found favor in his eyes. And God had plans to use that man to bring the solution to completion. Noah was used to solve a problem. God didn't want to wipe us out entirely. If he did, he wouldn't have used Noah, despite the fact that he found favor in the Lord's eyes. And only he knows if we would be having this conversation right now. God knew that the world needed to be wiped out, but then brought back to life. That's where Noah and his family comes in. So let's pick up in verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Every, everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Like I said, Noah was used to solve a problem and all he had to do was give God his yes. In this passage, God gave Noah very specific instruction. From the kind of wood to use, to how long, wide, and high the ark needed to be. Here's a mini visual. The ark was about 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. In meters, it was about 135 meters long, 23 meters wide, and 14 meters high. Now, for those of you who don't do very well with measurements, much like me, it was about a football field and a half, including end zones, to equal the length of the arc. Now, if you don't even understand what that is, that's okay. Let's just say the arc was big. It was huge. God instructed Noah very specifically to build an arc. He didn't just tell him to build a life raft for him and his family and pray that the other animals would stay afloat. No, God told Noah exactly what was expected of him to the very detail. 
There was no miscommunication, there were no changes, there were no details or steps left out. There were no, eh, make this part this high if you'd like, or this wide, or this high. You know what, Noah, you do whatever you want to do. God told him exactly what was wanted from him, and all Noah had to do was say yes and comply, and do exactly what God wanted to use him for. Same goes for you and me. No, there's not a flood that's about to happen. No, I'm not telling you to go rebuild that ark. I am telling you, though, that God wants to give you very specific instruction to do something just for Him. Not for you, for Him. Whether that's literally building something or stepping outside of your comfort zone. God has called specifically you to get the job done, and it can only be done by you. He didn't call someone else to do it. He didn't go to the 10th person on the list. He looked at you in your mother's womb and breathed into you the very thing he knew he'd need you to do one day. Question is, are you going to do it? Are you willing to do it? Are you going to give him your yes? You see, the beauty in the detailed instruction is that God wants you to quote unquote build something to prepare you for the outpour he wants to do in your life. God uses what he does through you into other people's lives to do an even greater work in you. Whether you're serving in the youth, the worship team, feeding the homeless, speaking to co-workers, helping strangers, whatever it may be, a great work is not only happening in them, but it's happening in you too. And in case you haven't caught on, all you need to do is give God your yes. Spoiler alert, you're in no rush to accomplish anything on your personal to-do list or even your boss's to-do list. Sorry, someone had to say it. You're in no rush. Don't let the world let you fall into the false idea that your to-do list is more important because it isn't. That's an idol. If you if you go as far as oh, I need at 10 a.m. I need to get this done. I at 12 p.m. I need to get this done and. T- 2 p.m. I need to walk my dog. Whatever it might be, you're making it an idol because you're not leaving space for God to do what He wants to do in your life on that day. The only to-do list you have to check off is God's. And as long as you're abiding to Him and His instruction, everything else in your day-to-day life will fall in place too. And that starts with your yes. Just one simple word that will change you for the rest of your life no matter how smooth or rocky sailing it may be. Remember, the disciples and Jesus faced storms too while they were in a boat, but the boat did not shake, did not break, did not collapse on them, ever. And it didn't stop Jesus from pushing through because he knew what was on the other side of that storm. And that storm was not going to keep him from getting to where he needed to go. It wasn't going to stall him even a day. You have to think, Jesus knew when the storms were going to rise. He could have dodged them, but he didn't. Why? Because he was checking off God's to-do list, not his own or the disciples or the other people around him. And he knew and he knew that no matter what, he was going to get through that storm. All he had to do was say yes to God, his father. Not only that, but he didn't prevent the storms from happening. Because even he knew that it's through life storms that prepares you for what's on the other side. There's no point in going around it or preventing it from happening. God allows storms to happen because we need those storms to be better used the way he intended us to be used. Yeah, even Jesus had to say yes. In Matthew 26, Jesus was struggling to give God his final yes. 
but he knew that he needed to follow through with God's to-do list, no matter how hard or terrifying it might have been to him. Remember, Jesus was human like you and I, and he struggled too to give God his yes. And he was perfect, but he still gave his yes anyways because he knew that God had a bigger picture in mind than the terror he was about to face. He didn't give up, he didn't turn away, he pushed through life's greatest storm and said yes. If anything, let that be your model. When you wake up in the morning, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're about to face and deal with, just give God your yes. There's a hymn that I love, and I'm not going to sing it, I'm going to just say it to you. What it says is, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. My answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Are you willing to do the same thing? Are you willing to say that to God? Sing that to God? To give God your yes, no matter how hard or terrifying it may be? Ask yourself that. And then reflect ask yourself what's preventing you from giving God your final yes. Then lay that at his feet and give it over to him and surrender that to him. Create the space you need to create to give God your yes so that you can follow the instruction he has for you.